What's up, everybody? It's great to have you back on another episode of the Personal Finance with Kaz Hoda podcast, where we learn about how to take control of our finances and build our wealth through stocks, real estate, cryptocurrency, and business. So, on today's episode, we will be diving into what rent vesting is all about. So, let's get straight into it. Okay, so before we get started with today's episode, I just want to take a moment to thank each and every one of you for your continuous support for the podcast series. If you found this podcast series helpful in any way, please make sure to rate the podcast and share this with at least one friend who may benefit from this as well. And lastly, this is not financial advice, so please don't sue me, bro. Okay, so now that we have that out of the way, let's focus on today's episode, which is on rent vesting. Specifically, we're going to understand what rent vesting actually is, what the benefits are, followed by the downsides of rent vesting. And finally, we'll understand uh, who rent vesting might actually be suited for and how do you actually get started with this. And I know a lot of people may not actually know the term rent vesting, but make sure to stick around till the end because I think this may actually change the way you think about investing in property forever. Okay, so let's get straight into it. Rent vesting is a strategy where you rent where you want to live and you invest in property elsewhere. In most cases, people want to live in bigger cities like Sydney, Auckland or Melbourne, usually because that type of lifestyle is better suited for them. They're closer to their friends and family. And generally speaking, there is a lot more happening in these cities. The problem is that prices of property are super high in these areas, so it's harder to buy one or more properties. But with the rent vesting technique, you have the flexibility to buy properties which are locating, located in more affordable areas like rural or regional areas that may be better suited to your budget. So instead of buying that really expensive $1 million property or $1.5 million property um, in big cities like Auckland, Sydney or Melbourne, you can buy an investment property in a regional area like Adelaide that would only cost $400,000 to $600,000 depending on where you look. And this is one of the great ways to start your property investment journey. And I hear a lot of people saying that they can't afford to buy property because the market is going crazy because people think that they need to invest or buy in an area that they actually live in to begin with. And I just want to say that this is not the case. The chances of the area that you live in being the number one place for you to invest for your current circumstance is probably not that high. Or you could probably get similar returns regionally or in other city centers. So rent vesting is definitely a good strategy for you to look into. So now what I want to do is go through and dive into the advantages of this strategy and the disadvantages of this strategy. Okay, let's start off by looking at the advantages first. So the first advantage of rent vesting is that you have the flexibility to live where you want. You aren't tied down to a specific suburb, city or country for that matter. For example, if you want to live close to your work, you can do that. If you want to live close to your family, you can do that. If you want to live closer to a school that your kids go to, you can do that as well. If you want to live close to the beach, you have an option to do that as well. The good thing with this is also that you can keep moving. You have no obligation to stay in one particular area. So your nest egg is still growing by you investing in property, but you are free as a bird to do as you please. Okay, so the second advantage of rent vesting is that you have little to no maintenance costs living in a rented place. 
You may have heard from my last episode that maintaining a property can be quite expensive for the owner of the property, which will be around 1% of the value of the property. So imagine if you're now renting a house worth $1 million, the landlord, or in other words, the owner of the property is responsible for any maintenance and repair costs, which is saving you anywhere from five dollars to $10,000 every single year. Just think about it. If you've saved this much money from renting, you can put that five dollars to $10,000 um, into saving up for another deposit or invest it in the stock or crypto market as well. So when that hot water stops working, you can call up the property manager or the owner to get it fixed. That's $0 out of your pocket. The third advantage for rent vesting is that you have a lot of potential tax benefits from having an investment property. You can claim the interest expense, the depreciation on buildings and the fittings, costs of renting and maintaining the property, and much, much more. These expenses will then be used to offset your income at the end of the financial year, leaving you with a lower tax bill. This depends on the country that you're in, of course. Especially if you're living in New Zealand, the potential tax benefits will differ. For example, in New Zealand, you cannot claim interest expense on an existing property that you buy after March 27th, 2021. If you already had an existing property before March 27th, 2021, by April 2025, you won't be able to claim any interest on that as well. But you can still claim interest expense on new build properties that you have purchased after 27th March 2021. The good thing to note is that you don't need to be aware of all of these tax benefits. What you can do instead is hire a great property accountant who will be able to walk you through all of this and put you in the best position to reduce your tax bill. Okay, so so far we've covered three advantages of rent vesting, where you can live where you want, pay minimal maintenance costs, and have a lot of tax benefits to reduce your tax liability. Now let's move on to the fourth advantage, which is rental income from your investment property. As a property investor, you will get weekly rental income from your property, which you can then use to pay down your mortgage. If there is anything left over after paying down the mortgage, you can use this positive cash flow to then pay down the investment property quicker. You can also um, pay down some of your rent costs where you are currently living, or even just invest the cash into stocks, for example. The thing to note here is that it really depends on where you buy and what property you buy to enable you to have positive cash flow. Or in simple terms, a property that puts money into your pocket after paying the repayments to the bank each month. In most circumstances, investing in bigger cities, you will have lower rental yields, which basically means that the rent you're receiving is not enough to cover the loan repayments. So you will most likely have to top up the repayments yourself out of your own pocket. What's good in, about investing in regional areas or areas which have higher rental yields is that the money you get from the rent will pay the repayments and um, you'll be able to then also have some cash remaining every single week. So I thought I'd make it clear that not all properties are actually created equal. Okay, so let's move on to the fifth and final advantage, which is the potential for the property to gain in value, which is also called capital gains. Generally speaking, it is safe to assume a property appreciates in value at about $5,000 a year. But you have seen in the past couple of years since COVID hit, the property prices have gone up 15, 20, 25, even 30% in one year. So property prices can go up, can go down. But on average, if you look at the trend, it's been at around 5% every single year. So if the property is worth $500,000, 
you would then expect it to be worth $525,000 the following year. This is just a general rule of thumb again, and this is only for the Australian and New Zealand markets. But remember again that not all properties are actually created equal. Apartments tend to have less capital growth than if you had invested in standalone homes or townhouses, for example. It all depends on the area and many other factors as well. But regardless, by investing in property, you tend to see it appreciate in value, which you can then decide to sell to make a profit or recycle the equity out of the home to use as a deposit for your next investment property. Okay, so now that we've covered five advantages of rent vesting, let's now focus on the disadvantages of rent vesting. The first disadvantage is that you won't be able to use your first homeowner's grant, which is the money that the government gives you to purchase your first home. This can be anywhere between $5,000 to $20,000, depending on many different factors. I have covered these factors in a previous episode, which I will link in the show notes. From the top of my head, in Victoria, you are able to still get the first homeowner's grant, even if you previously owned uh, investment property, as long as you haven't lived in it. So make sure to work uh, this out by speaking to a mortgage broker who will know the exact situation for your state or country. But anyway, this is still a disadvantage that you will need to think about when making a decision to go rent vesting or moving into the first uh, property that you buy. The second disadvantage is that you will have home ownership costs associated with the investment property that you have rented out. Things like maintenance costs, property management fees, insurance, property rates, and water. But again, if the property has positive cash flow, you typically won't need to worry about this as much as it will be covered by the rent. So this is typically a disadvantage, but if you purchase the right property, then you have the potential to reduce the cost of owning that property as well. The third disadvantage is that you actually don't own the property that you're currently living in. So if the owner decided to move into the property or rent it out to someone else, they can essentially kick you out and you would then need to find another home to rent. Also, it is not your property, so that means that you can't renovate it, you can't upgrade the house in any way. You have to make do with what you have. Also, property managers will usually do quarterly inspections of the place to see if you have kept it in a good state. So you got to make sure that you keep the condition of the property in a good state. Finally, the owner could increase the rent, which then you will have to pay for. So the bottom line is that you're not in control of the home that you live in because you're not the owner. This is definitely something to consider if you're a type of person that needs stability, privacy, or control. The final points that I just remembered, in Australia, if you buy your first home to live in, you don't have to pay stamp duty, which is a form of government tax. So if you purchase a home worth $500,000 as an investment, you will have to pay approximately $20,000 in stamp duty to the government. This again depends on the state that you live in. This is definitely a downside to rent vesting. Secondly, in New Zealand at least, if you want to purchase an investment property, you have to shell out 40% deposit. While if you're looking to buy your first home to live in, you can get away with paying a deposit of 20%. So in summary, we have to understand that rent vesting gives us the flexibility to live where we want, when we want, without sacrificing the ability to invest in rental property. We have also gone through some advantages and disadvantages of rent vesting. Think of this as another strategy that you now have under your belt. 
you can now decide the best strategy that fits you and your needs at this stage in your life. And if you're ready to start your journey, check out a previous episode where I discuss how to buy your first home step by step, which will then guide you on your journey to purchasing your first home. Also, I can't stress this enough, but be sure to get in touch with a mortgage broker. They are solid people who can help you out with all of this. If you need a mortgage broker in Australia or in New Zealand, please flick me a message and I'll be happy to pass you on their details. I just want to thank each and every one of you for listening to the episode on rent vesting. If you enjoyed the content or learned something new from today's episode, please hit that follow button and the bell icon so you do not miss another episode. If you have any questions, tips or suggestions, please feel free to message me on personalfinancewithkaz at gmail.com. I will leave you all with a quote by Russell Sage. He says, Landlords grow rich in their sleep. See you all next Monday.